Welcome to Mirepoix Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Schubach. I'm a writer, theater maker, and food enthusiast, and I'm taking you on a journey through food, family, and culture via the lens of food practice and tradition. Our guests today are Melissa and Emily Jones. Up first, a word from our sponsors. This is Mirepoix. Hi, Emily and Melissa. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited. What a dream. What a dream. Our first question is, who the heck are you? So I'm Emily. And I'm Melissa. The Jones sisters, yes. if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a podcast called Mirepa Taste Buds. Mm-hmm. A little and bit about food and our daily lives and how they kind of intersect with each other and with food, because that's what we're always thinking about, personally, at least for me. So, <laughs> top of the line, yeah. 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 And what do, you, what do you do in your lives when you're not podcasting? Oh my God, the list goes on and on. Um, I am like a novice baker, love to cook. Um, I run a lot, big runner. Uh, we love to garden, we have a community garden plot, so we're definitely gardeners and make art. I went to school for writing. So I'm a multi-hyphenate. The list goes on. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's the true way to live is to be (laughs) multi-hyphenate. I went to school for anthropology, ironically and oddly, um, and did some archaeology and stuff like that. I'm now in kind of a more IT field um, mm-hmm. with project management, which is fun. And different yeah, kind of anthropology. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little leap, big leap. <laughs> well, humans, though, right? Exactly. Yeah. Anthropology is always applicable, baby. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, so love culture and art and all, everything, history. So that's kind of where my interests lie. Yeah. That's awesome. We actually work at the same place yeah. um, and we live together. So we oh, see wow. lots of contact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite the uh, year and a half together then. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what do you usually say is your favorite food? Oh, my gosh. I used to like emphatically say bacon when I was asked this question, but I am now a pescatarian and I haven't really been eating meat for like well, quite a few years. So now my answer is usually bread or cheese. I can't stop eating those two things. I just can't give them up. (laughs) For me, it's probably like buffalo wings or anything drenched in buffalo sauce. (laughs) Can't get enough of it. Buffalo sauce is really good. (laughs) It's so good. I love like spicy foods in general. And yeah, I mean, there's just nothing like a buffalo wing. (laughs) So good. I have a friend that makes a buffalo chickpea wrap that is like out of this world. And it's exactly what you think about. Yeah, I'm gonna need that recipe. Share. Yeah, it's basically like she roasts the chickpeas in with buffalo sauce on them in the oven and just like keeps applying. Oh yeah. Nice. You know, uses some more. And I, I think she does some like cold chopped vegetables, Oof. maybe like a little tzatziki or oh, some yeah. of a blue cheese. Uh, yeah. You're saying all the right mm-hmm. words. Yeah. <laughs> I want it right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about what's your favorite food and beverage pairing? This was such a hard question, I feel like, because I don't know, there's not too many things that like come to my mind immediately, but I have to go with the classic milk and cookies, I think, you know, like nothing goes better with a chocolate chip cookie than milk. And I probably would like not eat a cookie without milk. Yeah. That and a brownie. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like 
red wine and pasta for me is like one of those things too, where it's just like, we went out for Italian food the other night and I was like, this is heaven. Like a sip of the red wine and then yeah. some pasta. I was like, this, nothing's better. I, I feel know. like you get transported <laughs> to Italy when you, when we you were pretending. Yeah. 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 Air. <laughs> well, and it reminds you like both of those answers remind you that like some of the classic ones aren't classics by accident. You know, yes, correct. Don't mess with a good thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, Boston wine cures uh, multiple ills or sins for sure. <laughs> and and you're right about it being trans uh, transportative. Yes, that's, that's a not word. a word. I love one. <laughs> <laughs> what about what's your favorite hot breakfast? Oh my gosh, my like one when I go out is like a Benedict. I love mm-hmm. any type of Benedict if it's like California or I like crab cake Benedict or when it's on like a potato pancake or some kind of variation, I'm interested. But if I'm at home, I'm like always making some sort of hash, usually with like sweet potato and then yeah. throwing like a fried egg on it with some avocado or some avocado toast. That's like my go-to. <laughs> I do like Benedict's because I, I like poached eggs a mm. lot. That's like my favorite way to have eggs. I'm not really a big egg person otherwise. Mm-hmm. But I would say that my favorite hot breakfast has got to be chicken and waffles. <laughs> Solid. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love like a sweet and savory combination whenever I can get that. And like breakfast Same. foods aren't really my jam again <sighs> because I don't like eggs. No. So it's like, I don't know. It just always was never no. my thing. And I don't really eat breakfast unless it's forced oh on me by this one yeah I've seen <laughs> so yeah so the chicken and waffles is usually like a good bridge to brunch you know yeah. <laughs> breakfast is the best meal of the day yeah. uh, it's my favorite meal too and I'm a, also pescatarian and I finally figured out there's also fried fish and waffles and that was Ooh. a good where is that? I need that now. Yeah, I feel like you're picking really a waffle place here. Do it, and I was like, "Oh, thank you for your service." Yes, <laughs> I have to hunt those down now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've also been to some like incredible like uh, soul food restaurants that are vegan that yeah. do like all all sorts of versions of chicken and waffles that are totally. Vegan. We have a spot here that we've been trying to go to. We had one of their chicken sandwiches that was vegan and it was really, really good. So I oh. saw their chicken and waffles. Now I got to go. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah. It's your time to shine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite theme park or county fair or street festival food? Mine, I used to be corn dogs I used to love like swirling ketchup mustard on a corn dog but obviously I don't really do meat again so now it's probably like those like roasted nuts that are like the like cinnamon they smell amazing you can like smell them from a mile away those guys that's my favorite street festival smell yeah <laughs> for sure yeah because you hate nuts yeah I hate nuts as well, so. <laughs> that's not my jam but I love the way those smell but yeah, mine would probably be like a soft pretzel and beer cheese. Mm-hmm. I love that. Hallelujah. Cheese and bread, baby. Yeah, cheese and bread, again, comes back. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Does that count as like a, a liquid and food pairing? You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> cheese after, yes. Velveeta, yeah. Uh, smell is huge. I mean, with food in general, but yeah, like particularly with like places, right? Yeah. Smells that signify that you've like arrived. That's... <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. Definitely. I've said this like 4,000 times on this podcast already, but I don't even eat bacon, but the smell of bacon in the morning is so beautiful to me. It means like <laughs> someone's up before me, they're creating something, there's about to be something <laughs> special. Yeah. 
the whole day awaits, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Speaking of uh, being taken care of, what's a food that you eat to feel comforted? I think like cornbread, any sort of like, you know, kind of down home kind of foods, like cornbread and stuff like that, or anything that like we ate as kids, I think is always Mm -hmm. like a comfort to me. So um, any of those like home recipes, mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes. Yeah. I love (laughs) uh, mozzarella sticks. Mm-hmm. That's like if I'm having a bad day and I order some mozzarella sticks. I'll eat that whole order to myself and be like, "It's okay, <laughs> it's gonna be all right." <laughs> have, have you seen the tweet that's like, um, "Would you like six pieces of string cheese?" And the person's like, "No," and they're like, "What if we deep fried it and then gave it to you before your meal?" And they're like, "Yes, please." <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> that is too perfect. Really true. Yeah. <laughs> It's super, I don't understand. Well, first of all, restaurants are wild anyway, because like I always eat more at a restaurant than I would ever in my home, you know? 100%, yeah. But somehow deep frying, which actually is adding to like everything about the food, makes it more feasible to eat quickly. (laughs) (laughs) It makes no sense. No. (laughs) That's okay, it doesn't have to. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what's a food you eat when you're under the weather? I think I go for the classic like soup and grilled cheese again because that's like what our mom made when we were sick a lot of the time so yeah like tomato soup and grilled Mm -hmm. cheese. Yeah I feel like I try to go really healthy with it now and go like green smoothie like eat vegan but like that doesn't really make you necessarily feel like emotionally better but (laughs) yeah I was like that would not make me feel better. But I'm like, I'm doing everything I can. I'm getting my greens. Like I'm drinking right. the greens. I, yeah. That's what I feel like will fix me. <laughs> I usually try to like eat more citrus or drink some yeah. orange juice too. Cause it's like, sure. That vitamin C will just magically cure everything. That's right. Oh yeah. That's the day I remember to take my vitamins. And I'm like, I feel like there's something flawed about this cycle. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like a host right. of vitamins. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, well, and then you're right. There's the there's the like medicinal, actual medicinal like properties of things, yeah. and then there's the comfort. Like, yeah, I've said this before, but my mom used to make us like peanut butter and fluff sandwiches. Have you had oh. fluff before? Yes, totally. Yeah. And like, that's not about curing anything. No, right? I don't that's think so. <laughs> that's it like I'm sorry soul, you right? snapped here. You know, <laughs> that's part of like that breath thing where it's like bread, rice, apples, or applesauce toast. That's yeah. like a great. Bananas, 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 bread twice. Whatever it is, it works. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And what's the science behind that? Do you know? I think those are just the easiest on your stomach, is like the idea. Yeah. Like those are. And like rice is like a binding agent and things like that. So it's like soaking up what's in your stomach. Exactly. (laughs) It kind of like solidifies things. Like if you have the runs Mm. and stuff, like you're going to get Yeah. That's what you see your dog when it's like, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, and apples have like actually, I guess, I mean, I think they weren't lying when they said apple a day. Like, there's something mm-hmm. they have a ton of fiber, I know, yeah, which is like a great, yeah. you know, kind of way to flush your system and get you the nutrients you need. So, I think that's why they're so successful. Yeah. And pectin, <laughs> am I making up that word? I, I think that's a thing, yeah, I think that's a thing, and I think it's helpful. <laughs> Don't know what it does or if it's in an apple, but we're gonna say it is, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> eat your apples, kids. <laughs> All right, this is not the lo- necessarily the longest question, but it's the longest 
question of words. Um, the namesake of the show, which is a classic base to many recipes, is mirepoix. This three-ingredient holy trinity takes many forms all over the globe and manifests in different ways. What's your mirepoix? What ingredients do you use on the regular to start a cooking process? There's always going to be times if you said the word mirepoix in oh. this season of your life. So many, so many, so many. I love it. Uh, it's a great word. <laughs> yeah, people don't know what it means yeah. often, though, which I always find yeah. surprising. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so, Beat it. Like, yeah. it's, you've had it. I guarantee <laughs> it. You've had it at least once. Yeah, time. right. right. <laughs> we always have onions and peppers, though. Like, I know that that is like the first two for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, onions <laughs> just add so much flavor to a dish that it's, yeah, I think it's quintessential. Like, you kind of have to have it in order mm -hmm. for it to go anywhere. Yeah. No matter what type of cuisine it is, there's probably onion in it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. for us, yeah, like bell peppers um, is really, really common in like almost anything we're making. Mm -hmm. And then I think the third thing is probably just like any sort of heat that you can add. So if it's sriracha or hot sauce of some kind or yeah. like cayenne yeah. or crushed red pepper, crushed red pepper flakes, yeah. anything like that is usually what we're adding because we love it spicy. Yeah. So. Whenever I make a recipe and it's like someone else's after we make it, I'm like, I feel like it would be better with a little heat. Like, that's always what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Lately, we've been like making a bunch of like HelloFresh meals and stuff because we've been so busy and it's yeah. like every meal we're like, mm, could just add a little spice and then yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> And do you all cook together or do you take turns? We usually kind of take turns. I usually cook more often than not, but mm -hmm. she yeah. like won't eat all day unless I feed her. I'm like, what is wrong? Aren't you hungry? Like, I don't, I can't survive that long. I eat every like two hours though. So yeah. Yeah. Really I'm like a one meal a day and I'll be fine kind of person. Yeah. yeah. So she definitely is the one cooking any sort of like breakfast and usually lunches. Yeah. And then I'll kind of tag in for dinners and stuff like that. But she's mm -hmm. definitely like a stronger chef than I am. Mm. Um, so I usually lean on her a lot more. <laughs> and as it, aesthetically do you like lean in different directions as far as like flavor profiles or anything like that hmm. I feel like since we were raised together we have a pretty similar like base and like kind of palette yeah. um but when it comes to like obviously like some of the meat things that you crave like I, I can't fulfill those dreams <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true I mean I don't really cook a lot of meat because I live with her so mm -hmm um we usually have a very pescatarian diet that I just adhere to at home um mm -hmm. and I I think that I probably cook a little bit more like I don't know less healthy meals <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose you could say you know yeah. like I, I make a lot of pastas I make a lot of like things like that and heavier dishes and I feel like you lean on more like grain bowls and mm -hmm. and a lot of diversifying my palate I, I would say you you're probably that? creating balance right without yeah exactly <laughs> it's a great partnership it is that's beautiful I, I need one of those somebody somebody here to do yes. the half of it right? seriously I highly recommend <laughs> get yourself an Emily <laughs> okay. um, all right what's in your fridge what are the items you can always find in your kitchen or pantry Ooh, staples all right we almost always have eggs. There's usually spinach, Greek yogurt, hummus, always obviously the peppers, can't leave them behind. Mm -hmm. uh, there's always leftovers too, there's something in there because we always are cooking like way too much. Portion, like portions are not on point. Like a good Polish woman. Yeah, accurate. <laughs> I, also just, I love leftovers. I will not let them go to waste. I'll repurpose them. I'll find a new way to like chef them up. So 
I feel like those things are definitely always in there. I mean, you always have, I almost always have some kind of sriracha. Right now we have like a different brined version that I'm not as big of a fan of as original mm. sriracha, which is really mm-hmm. sad. But... <laughs> you have to work through the whole bottle, right? Exactly. I'm like, God, and it always gets clogged, this bottle. So every time I go to use it, it angers me. <laughs> Double strike. Um, we also love cucumbers. We're really big on cucumbers. What else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that we have our like community garden plot mm. too, it's been a lot of like fresh veggies oh and gosh. herbs from our garden, which is fun and exciting. So much greens and like spinaches and chard. Like we can't even eat through it fast enough. Yeah. yeah. Dill. And yeah, and we like planted a lot of greens that we don't normally buy at a store. Like yeah. we don't really mm-hmm. buy like chard no. at the store. Yeah. But we planted it. So we're Plant like, I guess we'll it. use it. <laughs> it is like green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like an underappreciated uh green. It is yeah. so delicious. It, it is. really is. And we planted the rainbow kind, so it's beautiful. It looks gorgeous. I was just gonna ask about ra- the rainbow. Yeah. yeah. Like it you feel real fancy when you're cooking rainbow good. chard. So uh-huh. fancy. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> We also have avocados like usually on hand. Can't yeah. go without those. We eat a lot of like tacos and sort of like Hispanic, Mexican, Latin food. So uh-huh. yeah, that's the dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no avocado every day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you also sort of have to eat avocados every day. I feel like because you can never guess what firmness to softness is going to happen. So yep. you have to use them how they want to be used that day, right? Yeah. It is so we true. like to buy them at Costco and then like they'll all get ripe at once and you're making like guacamole every day and like all these different yeah. things. So yeah, I yeah. feel you. It's it's, and it's rare that you can use like a whole avocado in one yeah. sitting, you know, yeah, unless person. you're making like guacamole yeah. or something like that. It's like, geez, Louise, I always got a half and now it's going bad in the fridge. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a quarter avocado person and it's <laughs> a losing battle every time. <laughs> race against the clock it is and i'm like wait how can i eat this at all three meals which figure that out it'll be fine i guess but it's sometimes hard like this doesn't go on tuna noodle casserole you know (laughs) all right you are nine years old who is in your kitchen who is doing the cooking and what are they making I feel like when I was nine, our mom was like almost always the one in the kitchen. She usually didn't like ask for much help other than like setting the table or clearing the table really. So she's really like classic. I feel like Midwesterner in the kitchen where it's like meat and potatoes. There's usually like bread and a salad thing, something like crescent rolls or some kind of like bread always. For some reason, my dad always wanted bread. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like really like standard those things are always going to be there. Like meat, vegetable, salad, bread. <laughs> yeah, very standard fare for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. It's funny because when I, by the time I was nine, because I'm the younger of us. You're just going to ask about the age difference, yeah. Yeah, there's four years between us and then mm-hmm. there's a, another sister who's older than both of us and I'm seven years different than her. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when I was nine, like, my mom had already kind of been going back to work and school and stuff like that. So my dad was doing a lot more of the cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, you know, grilling a lot and, mm-hmm. and doing a lot of like meat and potato stuff still too. And our grandpa was actually kind of like moving in with us at that time and living in our house. So he was cooking a lot too. Um, yeah. He was, he loved to cook and yeah, made a lot of like stews and his big mm-hmm. thing was spaghetti and meatballs, which that kind of got passed down to me. So yeah. Um, those are definitely like my fondest memories of childhood for sure. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's interesting about the the parent switch, right? Um, yeah, life, how things change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Life will do that, won't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, did you all like end up cooking when you lived in the house or was that something you learned after you left? I feel like I started to like kind of dabble with it a little bit maybe in like high school more like I would like breakfast foods especially I feel like I would serve brunches and things like that but and like maybe like appetizers or things for like parties we'd help out with mostly yeah Uh, and like as time has gone on I've just increased more and more and more definitely in college I got like way more into it um I would say yeah and it's funny because I feel like there's very specific dishes that we were kind of like responsible for so you know maybe when we were younger it started with okay salad you know Mm -hmm. you're putting together the salad (laughs) for dinner there's not a whole lot involved you can't really mess it up and then you know when we were really young and uh you know it's kind of our family tradition to make pierogi every Christmas Mm -hmm. so that was like a dish that all of us did from a very young age and we were always on the assembly line Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) our roles maybe changed over time and we had more and more responsibility and we're now we're like basically running the show but um (laughs) you know but that was always a constant thing that we were kind of in charge of and like I said like making spaghetti and stuff was something that I kind of eased into cooking with but Mm -hmm. I feel like I didn't really start actually like cooking things and and making my own full meals until like I don't know a few years ago I was gonna say. <laughs> when I started living with you because <laughs> um, you know for a while I was in college and I like barely ate meals I feel like I don't know <laughs> I was working like three jobs and going to school and waitressing and stuff like that so I would just like eat at the restaurant mm-hmm. and then when I graduated I lived with my parents for like two years and mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't have to do it. Didn't have to do it for a while. So I was kind of late to the game. (laughs) It's one of like the funniest skill sets that we don't totally like we aren't sent away to school necessarily with that full skill set intact. Yeah. Not at all. (laughs) Yeah. There's no like, you know, like home economics or whatever they did back in the day, really in school. So it's just like, sure, yeah, you know a way around a kitchen. Like (laughs) well, or even I took home ec in fifth or sixth grade but like we learned really specific stuff like (laughs) caramel popcorn like good that was great except (laughs) i didn't need to know how to do that later (laughs) but now you're a master so it was worth you can survive on this right (laughs) (laughs) i did get my sewing license in that class though so that was was yeah Yeah. my sister has one too they're little and yellow and it says like license to sew and then i had to sign it it. man i'm jealous yeah i still don't know how to sew so well i don't either it's okay (laughs) (laughs) all of that has disappeared from my memory (laughs) all right if we aren't eating blank then it isn't blank i think i gotta go back again to like if we aren't eating pierogi it's not christmas kind of thing. like that was that still is for sure like our quintessential family tradition yeah I feel like it's Christmas morning when the fried pierogies are in the pan like that is always the tradition like that never changes yeah Um, that'd be weird if it did Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Yeah, they're almost better fried too so it's always almost more exciting everyone's waiting for like the next morning when it's yeah they're better that way yeah (laughs) it's the best yeah with like fried or with yeah fried eggs you've kind of got like the yolkiness with it too so good and we now, do, do you all do uh applesauce or sour cream or anything with them sour cream all the way our family i don't think we've ever really done applesauce yeah i was just thinking that it. i was like why not that sounds i great. know i mean it's great <laughs> like potato pancakes so why not <laughs> yeah i mean we usually make like a potato version a sauerkraut mm-hmm. version and mm-hmm. like fruit versions and stuff yeah. Oh, yeah. um so yeah there's a lot of variety and mm-hmm. it's definitely a fun time 
Yeah. So good. Potato wrapped in dough. I mean, yeah. come on. you can't go wrong. <laughs> exactly. Any way you slice it. The winning combination. <laughs> and then served with that on top of it. Yeah. I mean, it's just <laughs> we, started, we started making a loaded one that has like bacon and like scallions in there and like sharp yeah. cheddar too. And it's just like, yeah. That's but I don't eat those ones, but I know they're good. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I would want anything in that little pocket. Yeah, real. <laughs> Especially if they're fried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a dream. Is there anything else that sort of signifies an event or signifies a holiday or time of year for you? I feel like we also have like really specific birthday cakes for like each of our birthdays, kind oh, of. Um, so I have seven up cake for mine. I love seven up cake. Yeah, it's yeah. my favorite. I used to hate cake growing yeah. up for some reason. Same. Like, yeah, yeah, that was why the only is one. seven up cake a like not cakey <laughs> cake? It's basically a coffee cake. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. It's delicious. Yeah. It's not too sweet. It's like the perfect amount. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't that nice lemoniness? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so good. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So she had that. Mine was chocolate cake mm-hmm. and then one of our sisters has like a pistachio pudding cake yeah. that's hers mm-hmm. and our mom's is Kahlua cake yeah, oh, yeah. so it's like yeah. you can tell his birthday doesn't mean anything about that it's like okay yeah yeah yep. you know us you know <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful I know um I'm I'm still not that much of a cake person and I moved to California for grad school and a friend out there called my best friend here and said what kind of cake does Joe want for his birthday and she said key lime pie that's the real answer Yes, <laughs> he was totally right. I was floored. <laughs> That's amazing. I was like, "How did you know to do Good this friend. when anyone else would eat cake?" You know. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, speaking of celebrations, it's a celebration. How did you know your family was going out with food or all out with food? What restaurants did you go to? What plates came out of the cupboard? Or how big was the spread? Oh my gosh. Well, we literally always go over the top with the amount. The spread is always enormous. My mom and grandma both like instilled in us, like you are a bad host if anybody leaves hungry or does not get enough or does not get one. So yeah, there's always just like way too much food, enormous amounts. Um, As kids, we always would have to like clean the house top to bottom too. Like that would be the sign that like, it's a big to do is like, she's giving us all orders to go mop and sweep and <laughs> dust every inch. Yeah. So I think that was like the key that would be like, okay, here we go. Let's get it ready. <laughs> yeah. All the animals. While you clean? Work. Yeah. <laughs> Did you play music while you cleaned? Yeah. I'd say usually there's something playing. They used to have an old record player that would be like playing and they'd have records that were on usually, but mm-hmm. a good mix of things for sure. Yeah. Can't be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> It also has been like the fine china and stuff would come out and absolutely yeah the silver all the fanfare for Mm -hmm. sure all the dishes you don't use yourself (laughs) (laughs) we do have these really cool ones at christmas they're like the 12 days of christmas that are like really cute so yeah Yeah. that's a nice one for sure that's super cute Mm -hmm. um what food for you is home what recipe do you hope is on the table when you visit family I love the spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I keep yeah. saying it, but that one is always like home to me and yeah. just like reminds me of like more lines of our family than just the ones, you know, at the table. So yeah. um, it's always a nice reminder that they're kind of still there. Um, yeah. I also, we have this recipe for what we call two corn casserole, which is basically like yeah. cornbread, but with a lot more like actual corn in it and stuff yeah, like that creamed corn yeah creamed cheese. corn and a ton Very of cheese. Like corn pudding here yeah yeah yes, exactly, exactly. 
So okay. yeah, that is also one of my favorites. That's like so homey. That's definitely That's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to, my mom used to make uh, this thing called like enchilada casserole that used to be really good. Oh. There's a lot of like meat in it, of course. We've been talking yeah. about remaking it in like a vegan or like vegetarian version. Yeah. But yeah, I used to really love when that was on the table. I used to love that one. Mm-hmm. Again, That's amazing. Good. You just described three things my mom makes really, really well. Really? <laughs> oh <my> God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Great. We're coming over. Corn pudding. And, and she does, she does sauce and meatballs. I think her go-to is, um, is lasagna as Ooh, far yeah. as you know yeah. sort of the iterations of pasta and sauce and <laughs> so good you did now do you all was that is that a long process for the tomato sauce or is it a shorter one it's a long process it's like four or five hours to make yeah. it yeah. So, yeah. i always felt like all day yeah it's, <laughs> it's kind of an all-day affair <laughs> the house smells amazing it, uh, it just happened. yeah <laughs> yeah i call it all day red sauce in my head yes exactly <laughs> Um, I call there's I during lockdown I call my mom I'm just like all right what do I need to do to make that sauce and she gave me the directions and some of them I swear I hadn't heard before and I was like blown away <laughs> I don't remember if she said it she probably did the the trick of putting the rind of the um parmesan in there totally, yeah yeah that is a definite game changer that's totally not trash transforms it. yeah so, <laughs> yeah that's treasure that's pure <laughs> Mother nature salt treasure. <laughs> uh, well, I know people make it, but you know what I mean. Um, that's the dream. Oh man. I um I uh, also loved how much butter it gets put in there sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like a complete meal actually before anything has been served with the sauce. Nutrition. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fill in the blank. What Americans don't understand about blank is blank. I feel like it's that you don't have to have like meat in a meal always. Like when I first started becoming vegetarian, everyone would be like, well, what are you going to eat? Like, what's the main? And it's like, no, like this is the main. That's enough. It doesn't need meat. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and people still will be like, well, is that enough protein? And like, it's like, yeah, I'm getting it right here. Got it. With the vegetables, with the beans, like we're yeah. good. I think like still people just like, oh, that doesn't make sense to them, which is kind of yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, I feel like people also don't really understand where food comes from sometimes. Yeah. Like all these, all the meat and stuff like that exactly is, you know, no one's really thinking about where those chickens are from, where mm-hmm. that beef is from, how they were raised, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I think we've turned the tide a little bit on that. We're, we're more interested in, in those things and those questions, yeah. especially because climate change is staring us in the face so hard. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think it's still a very real reality. And even myself included, you know, is kind of victim to that. And I don't really pay attention to where everything is coming from every time, so. Yeah, I had a sort of um, reckoning with eggs where I was like, <laughs> I no, I need to be buying cage-free eggs. Yeah. But I'm not. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, 100%. Chickens shouldn't have to be in tiny cages. No. We had some eggs that were like watery a little while ago and I read, yeah. Googled it and it's like, oh, it's probably an old egg. And I was like, oh. I was like, well, how long was that egg waiting there for me? Great. <laughs> Jesus. That's that weird thing about apples. How... <laughs> apples last much longer than any of us think they do because they pick them and put them in barrels and put them in in apple cellars 
Yeah. And the apple actually lasts an incredibly long time. So by the time we get the apple, it's like super old. Not yeah. that it's bad, but it's yeah. weird. It yeah, is. Well, then true. when it goes bad really fast, and then I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. It was an ancient you. apple. <laughs> Sometimes I just sit around and I'm actually writing an essay about this right now, but about weird, like, like, like benign, but totally weird food stuff. Yeah. Like, have you ever looked at a cashew fruit? Oh, I have looked this up because I was like, that's what this looks like. Baffled. Absolutely baffled. <laughs> it gives me the willies. It's alien. I can't. <laughs> I mean, I still eat them every day, but, but yeah. I'm really glad I'm not a cashew picker. Yeah, it's real. They're terrifying. I, oh, they are. I think I looked it up after I went to India and they had like cashew. Mm-hmm. What like wine it is or like some sort of liquor huh? that's with it, and I was like, "What does it cash? How is this liquor? Yeah, what? How are they juicing?" Yeah, this? <laughs> I was like, "No, I don't, I don't get it." <laughs> well, and it's called a cashew fruit, but I guess it's technically not a fruit, maybe because the seed is on the outside, and that's why there's like a fruit and this yeah. creepy bird of prey hook talon. <laughs> oh God, so unappealing. Of it. Yeah, it's very terrifying. Hunt <laughs> oh. <Counts> your dreams. <laughs> For real. <laughs> They're delicious. <laughs> That's what I know about uh, cashew liquor. I will yeah. investigate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interested. Um, so we said where food comes from and yeah, and that, yeah, like this myth of protein from one source, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's very American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's also kind of a global issue at the same time. Like, I don't know. There's so many countries I could think of where they have very meat heavy diets. Yeah. And yeah. it'd be hard to convince anyone otherwise. <laughs> well, and there's, it's also interesting because there's a lot of countries and cultures that have meat at every meal, but it'll be like this very small amount of meat yeah. actually to like flavor the couscous or mm-hmm. just get this like, essence or richness Mm -hmm. Um, and that idea of like a giant piece of meat is like pretty western yeah um, totally which is bizarre yeah people don't get like composite or cumulative protein right Mm -hmm. like there's protein (laughs) in beans and corn and brown rice and almost every vegetable you eat exactly and it adds up dum dum Yeah, I think just like portions in general is not an American strong suit. <laughs> so well, neither is thinking about like nutrients and where they come from and what Correct. you need from them. You know, yeah. I remember what the food pyramid lo- used to look like. Doesn't look like that. Anymore. Yeah, we were literally just talking about how different like a diet was, you know, fifty years ago even, mm-hmm. and how much it's changed in that time span. And like literally, the food yeah. pyramid and the food table just is so different than what it was yeah. then. You know, like our, our poor grandparents didn't know any better. Yeah. well and I mean I probably talked about this on here a couple times too I think there's something about coming out of scarcity and like food insecurity of the depression and the war like just recently Mm -hmm. or other wars that were recent that like really mess with that stuff right absolutely definitely both in like understanding what food is and also like wanting wanting large portions right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. we made it we made it out we We have jobs you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And just like production during those times and things is so different. We were doing Mm -hmm. all this research for community gardens on a past Mm -hmm. episode that we had. And there we were talking about like victory gardens and how they were encouraging people to have all these community garden spaces to literally feed the communities around them because everyone else is off at war and, or having, you know, surpluses to be able to ship across the seas Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So it's just interesting to think about how 
much the war and everything shaped our diets yeah. and the way we live and eat. Yeah. And like uh, this comes, this isn't just about food. This is about everything. I think it's really easy for us to like accidentally think like the way it is or the way it was when we grew up was how it was for a really long time. Yeah. And it's not true. Like no, whatever topic you're looking at, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. This, no, this wasn't always the same. Culture wasn't monolith, isn't monolithic, but definitely yeah. wasn't close to it. That's the revolution, you know? <laughs> That's why, like printing press changed. I mean, you yeah. could talk about anything. You'd go for like three hours, you know? Down the rabbit hole. Or like literally like, um, one of my favorites is peanuts. Mm-hmm. And that people didn't eat, most people yeah. didn't eat peanuts that often until they realized that peanut plants replenish the nutrients in farmer soil. Yeah. And then we needed, a, we needed. Yeah. But like surplus of peanuts now. Everyone's yeah. trying to eat peanuts. Yeah. And they did it with soy too, right? That yeah. soy does the same thing for the soil. And I think people got nervous with peanut allergies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, great. What can soy do? And <laughs> out way too much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but we yeah we could accidentally talk for seven hours about stuff like that (laughs) what uh this is a perfect transition what's a food or cuisine that you found in your adult life that changed how you thought about food i think that i've become a lot more adventurous of an eater as i've gotten older i used to be like very picky when i was young it was like you know cheeseburgers all the time (laughs) and, and i wanted this very specific way Um, and I don't really know what changed with that other than, you know, just slowly it being introduced to more things. And I think actually traveling and doing, you know, some like traveling around the world helped because you're kind of forced to eat what other people are eating (laughs) and what your host family makes you and stuff like that. So it kind of opened my palate to more things. Um, but I think living with Emily in particular and her having this pescatarian diet forced me to just eat a lot more like fish or vegetables than I was ever really eating before. Um, And just like repurposing meals in different ways and things like that, that I just didn't really do. Yeah. I feel like mushrooms is kind of one of those things for me because I used to think I hated them for so many years. I hated them. Yeah. And then I tried, I made Smitten Kitchen's mushroom bourguignon. And like that dish, I was like, this is so good. It's so delicious. And then I cut the mushrooms like very small. So they were like almost imperceptible in there. Yeah. And so like, I've gradually kind of kept like less chopping, more just like letting the mushroom be there and not like hating it. So I feel like it's one of those things where it reminded me to like keep trying those things that I wasn't so sure about before and to revisit some of the things that I'm like, do I not like this? Like every once in a while I'll try an olive again because I'm like, do I still not like this? Yeah. And I still don't. <laughs> Just did that the other day. <laughs> still don't. Yeah. yeah. Haven't gotten yeah, it. I, that was, I, I was like, okay, I almost like this, but still having like this like mouth experience that feels uncomfortable you know mm-hmm. yeah. but like i i hated hated mushrooms for a decade yeah. or two and then part of what i realized was like i was misusing them right yeah, like yeah. popping them raw and putting them in a salad is not yeah. a good use of that yes yeah, still not a fan of that really still can't get behind it <laughs> no yeah. but i do i sneak them into sauces all the time i oh, cut this so really good. small yeah. mm-hmm. and That's like the mommy that happens is wild yes and you don't like you're not eating it like that's got to be the mushroom yeah yeah actually talking to each other which is mm-hmm. 
I guess that's what cooking is, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah it's magical. It is. Yeah. I feel like kale was similar for me too, where I hate, I like have yep. kale since it came out, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, legit. like I think the kale is a it's new had its big thing. moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's never been my jam. I I'm not one for greens in general, but kale is like bottom of the greens list for me. Yeah. And then we just recently made this huge meal for Juneteenth and we made this like really yummy kale greens, mm -hmm. um, you know, cooked yeah. like thing. And it was, it was delicious, you know? Yeah. So I think she's right. Just like continuously trying things is the way <laughs> <laughs> things can surprise you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, and I also have heard like, um, I've heard that like American palate is flavor layered as opposed to like flavor blending. And so I think that it might affect like how we experience kale when it's isolated or mushrooms when it's isolated. Yeah. Like, what is that? Yeah, it's so real. And because it's layered, even if you put stuff on top of it, like mm -hmm. even if you put cheese and avocado and ranch, it's yeah. still there. There's still a change with still a bad layer. The foundation is no good. <laughs> like cooking kale with like fat mm -hmm. is bussin bussin as yeah. talk would yeah. say <laughs> very true very true but we grew up eating um so i'm originally from massachusetts from the cape cod area and there's a large portuguese population on cape cod and there's a kale soup with like linguisa and navy beans and kale is very popular it might be white beans i don't remember yeah. but like i don't eat the meats anymore but yeah. like that fat and mm -hmm. bean and kale cooked like together, mm. you don't care what kind of leaves those are. Yeah. Now they taste like lard, you know? Yeah. Get it in my belly. <laughs> it goes down easy. Yeah, it's a game changer. I've also read that like, like we actually need fat to process greens, like um, the iron and other nutrients in there, like the yeah. fat actually helps us absorb them. It's important, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's for absorption. That's what I'll tell you, yeah. <laughs> That's why we need all that bread and cheese. That's right. That's right. <laughs> all right. What's your biggest recipe fail? Oh, God. All right. We were going to make samosas, and mm -hmm. we already prepared the filling, and it was smelling amazing. Yeah. And then... We were going to use the like rice papers that we were gonna fry up, but we had like what is it, like the spring roll like rice paper, wrong yeah. rice paper. Like, yeah, it was the wrong kind of like wrapping yeah. materials. Yeah, we, we were <laughs> yeah. like we're already invested. We're too late in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were clear, and it looked like cat barf in a bag. I think is what I said to her. Yeah, you got the spring roll rice paper. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was... like we wet them and put them in there, and it folded and it sealed, but it did not look no. edible. And we still cooked it, yeah. and we tried it, and just like I'm just gonna take the wrapping off and eat like the guts yeah. and leave like that. The inside was good. It was good. It yeah. was good. We probably should have, we call them spring gosas now. That's what we were like. Yeah. We filmed it. It's a thing that we invented. No one else has made this. Yeah. If you're brave enough. Yeah. <laughs> we got the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it went great. Try. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's rough. And that's, we, I've talked a lot with folks 
the saddest thing about recipe fails is the time and like the money you put into them. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was our dinner. Like we have nothing else. The, yeah, 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 exactly. Gotta make a quick pivot. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the only thing worse is if you're entertaining and you mess it up. Oh my God. Like, yeah, that is the My worst. God, if someone had been there to witness that, that I would have cried. <laughs> <laughs> it never would have left the kitchen though, in all fairness. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. that's true. My grandma that. used to say you had to, when you find a new recipe, you have to make it twice, once for yourself and once yeah. to share. That's you so never share something with other people if you don't know what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's risky. Very risky. I mean, I do that all the time, but. Me too. Like, oh, let me this yet. Maybe I should. Here you go. <laughs> My friends are probably like, please stop. Yeah. <laughs> Experimenting. <laughs> Well, and it's, yeah, and it also sucks, like, what you said about how everything else was great, like, when the one ingredient mm-hmm. is wrong, that's mm-hmm. yeah, ruined. cruel. I've told this story before, but a friend of ours, her sister worked at the camp that we worked at, and she worked in the kitchen, and the shortest version is she made coffee cake for the entire camp, but she had used celery salt instead of cinnamon. Oh, no! Realize it until, like, the smell started to come out of the oven, but she had oh, made, no. like, trays and trays and trays that's so sad that would be really sad yeah Yeah. did you feed and like people tried like people were like i don't know maybe i'll be fine it was oh no (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a big Uh, difference can't (laughs) save that one no thank you yeah (laughs) nobody wants that not even celery salt fanatics yeah no (laughs) um inversion of that question what's a recipe hack that you found that you'll always stick with I think just like freezing things in general and like making your own vegetable broth. When I realized it was basically just like using the scraps to make your own vegetable broth. I was like, why? We make- why do I buy this? Yeah, why do I buy yes. this? I make so much soup. I yeah. love soup. So like that was like ingenious. And just like saving like extra tomato paste and like freezing it in like an ice cube tray mm-hmm. and then being able to like pop that out later and like use it in like a soup or stew or something. It's like so yeah. much better than wasting it. And then you have it for later. The tomato paste one is so real too, because you never use a whole no. can of tomato paste. No matter how small the can is, yeah. you never use it all. <laughs> so yeah, saving it in those ice cream trays is a mm. great hack for sure. Yeah. Well, and the broth one's so good too, because like, well, a hack that I learned was make your rice with broth instead of water. Yes. Game changer. Absolutely. So then if you're making your own broth, saving it yes. and then rice with that broth, I think you reach a new level of existence. <laughs> <laughs> you do, you do. Definitely. Transcend. Transcend, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Your ascension. Um, what's a recipe that you highly recommend and what makes it special? Well, we always make this one um, like breakfast bake that is from Chrissy Teigen's cookbook. It's an everything bagel bake. Yeah. And like every time I make something else, it's just like, why didn't I just make the everything bagel bake? Because that would have been so much better. It's such a crowd pleaser. It is. It's a total crowd pleaser. Everyone always compliments me when I make it. I'm like, yeah, Chrissy Teigen, like she's, she's doing it, but it's so cheesy and like really good. Um, so that's like one of my definite favorites go-tos for sure. Yeah. We also, <laughs> whenever we have like nothing else in the fridge, we can almost <laughs> always make what we call, um, a pita, pita pocket surprise. Ooh. Basically like pita with hummus, cucumber, mm-hmm. and spinach. You yeah. Know? And you like, kind of have whatever's in the fridge to work with. Yeah. But like it new every time. Sometimes we'll put some like chickpeas that we roasted with like onion or like something else in there or on there to 
jazz it up some sriracha yeah there's many ways to reinvent it but yeah. it's always like just so satisfying you feel healthy eating it oh. and yeah just really yeah. really tasty. salad on a bread we're always like this is great this is the best combination <laughs> why, why do we never make this <laughs> one of our favorite things growing up was pita pizzas Ooh, which yeah. was a pita yeah. with just sauce and cheese totally <laughs> still delicious so good and then we had a variation called tuna pita pizza which was not a pizza it was a tuna melt on a piece of pizza, a pizza. everything is a pizza yeah. you know <laughs> if you eat it, it open was face, so good <laughs> I want that right now oh yeah. i was gonna tell you my egg bake well so two actually one my great grandma invented well she she used to do it on the skillet with chopped potatoes she'd fry the chopped potatoes and then pour egg into the skillet like a frittata and then put it in the oven Yes. My mom in the 90s figured out you could do the same thing, but with tater tots. Oh, and so she God. bakes the tater tots, pulls it back out of the oven, crushes up the tater tots. That's so they're all like yeah. loose potato pieces. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then pours egg over it. And you can put whatever you want in it, but actually the classic way we eat it is with nothing else. Yeah. We don't know why it's that good. Well, that's like a tortilla española thing. It you is. Know? It's like the egg with the fish. Like those are so good and it is okay. so simple, but so good. Yeah. And then the other one I do is um, lox and cubed cream cheese and dill. Mm. And then I use egg whites for aesthetics only because it's like <laughs> this big, beautiful white ocean with like yes. little peaks of cream cheese sticking out. Oh my God. That, that sounds amazing. That, my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to steal that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> definitely um what chef or food practitioner do you recommend folks looking into oh my gosh we are like cookbook collectors i feel like oh. we love buying cookbooks yeah uh honestly we love both the chrissy teigen ones but mm -hmm. minimalist baker has i like always get their emails and things like that with like different recipes and like vegan things so i love <laughs> following them I love getting their emails because I was like oh I want to make that mm -hmm. um I love Smitten Kitchen also delicious and I also love Thug Kitchen because they also oh, yeah. like so veggie forward and, and awesome mm -hmm. yeah those are like my top ones that I'm always like looking at recipes from just to be like getting inspiration or yeah making the exact thing yeah we also follow this one account on Instagram that's called Blondie and Rye. Oh, and they make like the most beautiful breads yeah. you've ever oh. seen. They and make I, ones that look like gardens. Like they're like gorgeous art pieces. Yeah, it's, it's, it blows my mind every time. I'm like, how are there this many different kinds of breads mm. and like ways to cut breads and score breads? And yeah. The bread scoring is beyond my skill level. And it's yeah. fascinating. I'm trying to get there, but it is not that easy. Yeah, she just recently kind of like started picking up bread yeah. making in the pandemic. Yeah, and it's been a year actually. I saw recently, I was like, oh, my first loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they've been delicious. And that's, I think, actually another great hack, honestly, if yeah. you got the time to make your own bread. Like, it is so worth it. Save it so much money. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so, so fresh it. and delicious. And we'll freeze it and then use it like all week. And it's still so good when you toast it. Yeah, and you um, have your own like pizza doughs to yeah. work with. We've made so yeah. many pizzas that is and the calzones. And yeah, because you usually get a loaf and then you get two smaller oh. things. It's usually a focaccia or a pizza dough. Oof. What a dream. Yeah. That's a, a takeaway I've come out of this season uh, or these seasons with is the things that are worth it to make yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now I'm adding bread to the list because you're absolutely yeah. right. The other two were hummus and salsa. Oh, you yeah. make it at home. It's like, you know, 
yeah. exponentially better. Better. We haven't messed with our own hummus, but I feel like that I might be next time. Yeah, yeah. honestly, I'm not buying that. Yeah, yeah, no need. And you can get wild, you know? You yeah. can yeah. so really pepper and lime. You can. Mm-hmm. She always gets mad at Costco because they never have <laughs> the like kind that she wants. It's always just like, you got two options. Yeah. So, want a spicy Is that a one? brand or a flavor that you put? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really like, there's one called like, I don't know, five spice, 21 spice, something. Mm-hmm. And it is just mind blowing hummus. Yeah. yeah. That's the only one I like, like more from the store just because they've done all the spice work for me. <laughs> yeah. So true. Um, believe it or not, we have come to our last question. This just flew by. I'm sort of floored. <laughs> it really did. Um, what are you working on right now, food related or not, that you want to share with listeners? Well, we just made a website and are trying to get like a blog going and we've started reviewing the bathrooms that we go to in restaurants. <laughs> so it's called the Lou Review and I have a small bladder. I go to the bathroom a lot yeah. and I will come and critique the hell out of your bathroom. If it is trash, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to rip it apart. So <laughs> it's fun and kind of hilarious, but totally necessary. Okay. That's super fun. <laughs> Yes, so definitely the blog. Obviously, our podcast, as always, always coming out with more episodes yeah. and content for that. We're definitely. trying to get more like mini episodes mm-hmm. and things um, about specific different foods, which will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and where can folks listen to your podcast? Anywhere you can find a podcast. So yeah. we're on <laughs> Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Apple. Apple, yeah, all the good ones. Do you use Anchor? We yeah, do, yes. we do. <laughs> yep, we sure do. I think the other you thing we're listeners trying- know because I do a commercial for it every time. So do we. <laughs> the other Making thing the we're big bucks. To- yeah. <laughs> The other thing we're trying to get into is is dancing in the kitchen, like making maybe some like live videos or something. Oh yeah, like that. yeah. Uh, it's usually what we're doing when we're like cooking together is we'll put That's on music and we'll just like really get around. down. So we want to try and share that in some sort of way too soon. Yeah, and yeah. all my like profiles it always says my favorite dance floor is my kitchen, <laughs> and it's, it's so a fun. really good dance floor. Mm-hmm. I, I dance in my kitchen as well and sometimes in the shower which I realize is quite dangerous actually. oh my god I have almost <laughs> yeah. many a time dancing with a knife no problem yeah <laughs> especially with another cook in the kitchen yeah, no risky <laughs> it's hard when those jams get too good you know oh, I mean, yeah. can't stop won't stop can't stop I, I noticed during this time too like just like around 4 p.m my body wants to move yes it, it can be anything but like that's so real this, yeah, this, on Fridays, okay. we always like play a song at like mm-hmm. five o'clock. And by the, so- the time the song is done, we have to be done with work. Yeah. There's absolutely no, no more work. You must stop. Yeah. And that's when the dance party begins. Yeah. <laughs> you song every time or is it different every Friday? We usually do LCD sound system, dance yourself clean. Cause it's like a seven minute song. So you got seven minutes to wrap yeah. it up. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And it like really crescendos and gets really loud. So it like starts out quiet and then it's like, oh, I've got to stop working. Yeah. It is time to That's dance right. clean. Highly recommend. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. My old boss used to play cheers to the freaking weekends. Yes, um, yeah. That's a goodie. Oh my gosh. I also like when a fire starts to burn by disclosure. Oh like, yeah. That was my like, you got to get out of here. It's on fire. You got to go. <laughs> you heard take this job and shove it by Johnny Paycheck. Oh my god! No, but I'm gonna have to put that. Yeah, on. we're gonna like need a whole playlist. It's older. It's maybe a country song. I can't. Yeah, it's got to be country. I've heard it. I think. I think I have. Well, a radio station in our hometown played it every Friday at 5 p.m. I love yeah. that. It was wild. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much for doing this and being here and having this incredible conversation. Thank you so much for having us. This yeah. was so fun. Very fun. I know as soon as we were thinking about starting a podcast, we were looking at names, your podcast coming up, and then we realized that you had it already. And we're like, oh, rats. <laughs> <laughs> we're, like, we're still doing it. We're going to go. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. And it speaks to like probably... Um, well, number one, how much we were all staring at our like onions in our pans. Oh, um, but I like I like when there's um, simultaneous inspiration or you know whatever that's called. There's a yeah, brought us together, very serendipitous. Yeah. Yeah. What a dream. <laughs> what a fun way to spend a Wednesday evening. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining me on Mirpois Podcast, and thank you to our house band siblings for the use of their song Jars. I invite you to subscribe to financially support Mirepoix directly on Anchor and to follow me on Instagram where you can receive behind-the-scenes content about this podcast and my own food practice. Till we feast again.